and today we have Ryan Godfredson for the second time. Dr. Ryan Godfredson. Ryan, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. I've been uh, excited to chat with you. Dude, definitely. I mean, ever since the first interview, I just told you before we got um, on this live, but like I've been... I've been preparing for this interview ever since we had the last interview. I mean, <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy. It's, um, I was waiting for the book to come out uh, ever since we uh, previously talked. And um, it, like, ever since I found out about the four types of mindsets that you, I found out about your, um, through your assessment on your website. And uh, anybody right now, just so you know, so you got to j- just check out Ryan mindset assessment just look it up on google or just go to ryan godfredson uh and dot com right and you'll find the mindset assessment there um so anyways i took the assessment it's like completely free and then what once i took and understood the four types of mindset and i also saw them i'm like you know closed mindset i'm like wait a second i'm like what and then you know i read about it and, I, and i'm like oh my god these things are true and uh before this interview i took the assessment once again and some things have actually changed for the better, which I might say. And, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's obviously I'm doing so much work on myself, but also through knowing what I need to work on more, I think I kind of like improved. And uh, so I was way more closed in the first part, like, you know, eight months ago when I first took the assessment. So first of all, thank you. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> no, let me, let me maybe try to articulate what you're saying. Um, in a way that I, I resonate because I'm there with you is as I was learning about these different mindsets and these mindsets that I focus on aren't mindsets that I've created. What I've done is I've scoured the academic literature to see what mindsets have been studied over the last 30 years. And I've yeah. identified four different sets of mindsets and I put them together into one framework. And as I learned about these, to me, there was so much power in just putting a label to these mindsets. Because yeah. I think most of us recognize that mindsets are foundational to our success. But then not many people can identify specific mindsets that they need to have. But once we can identify those and just put labels on them, now we can introspect about them. Now yeah. we could do something about it. So it sounds like that's been a big part of your journey. Yeah, dude, definitely. I think it's, it's so important for us to, for each and every one of us. That's why, you know, I, I usually don't stream these live on YouTube and I'm like, I'm going to make as much noise as I can about this, you know, episode because I, I think it's so important for everyone to understand their own mindsets and, and improve based on that. And um, the book that, you, that just came out, Success Mindsets, is amazing. It's really, really good. Um, I must say I haven't finished it yet because I've, I've like kind of like dug into it in the previous uh, week just for preparing for this interview. And um, I haven't finished it yet. I'm really towards the end. I have one hour left. But no, it's awesome. There are a lot of things there in the book that I would love to talk to you about here um, on the show. And um, before before it all, let's break down the four types of mindsets. Um, you know, for anybody who hasn't. Uh, listen to the or watch the previous show. Yeah, and if 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 you don't mind me talking up the book just a little bit before we jump into that, is sure. uh, at least here in the United States, it's really been catching fire, which has been cool to see. I, I mean, I think elsewhere beyond the United States, but yeah. it's hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list as well as the USA Today bestseller list. So uh, it, it it's coming. Now we need to focus on mindsets more than ever, given what's going on in the world today, and so. Yeah. Um, 
let's dive into some of these mindsets. Does that work? <laughs> sure. Uh, before I, anything, I know it's like we're we're excited to start talking about these, um, but um, the book it's called the book is called Success Mindsets. If I haven't mentioned that before, so you can like we already mentioned two things. First, mindset assessment. You got to take the mindset assessment in order to enjoy the book, you know, in a, in a better way. So take the mindset assessment first, or during or while you're reading the book. It will get you excited about taking the mindset assessment. So choose one, but do both. And, um, and go to Audible or go to Amazon and just buy uh, the book, Success Habit, um, Success, Habit, Success uh, Mindsets um, by Dr. Ryan Godfordson. I'm telling you guys, it's, it's really one of the best books I've, I've read. Um, and all right, so let's, let's break them Thank down. Thank you. Yeah, so there's four sets um, and I'll go through them just in order that I do in the book. So the first set is the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And this is probably the most popular or the one that's most well known. And so when we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we can change our talents, abilities and intelligence. But when we have a growth mindset, we do believe that we could change our talents, abilities and intelligence. And Research has found that 50% of people have a fixed mindset and the other half have a growth mindset. So when we, when we don't believe that we could change and we fail, we're left to interpret that as though we are failures. And so when we, so when we have this fixed mindset, our primary focus becomes on looking good. We want to protect our image because if we look bad, then we feel like we are bad. Yeah. Whereas those with the growth mindset, when they hit failure, they don't read into it in that way. They actually say, oh, this is great. What can I learn from this and how can I improve? And, and that's, that's the huge difference between these fixed and growth mindsets. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's so crazy also with kids. Like when you look at kids, right? Like when, when something goes wrong and they fail, they're like, they always say, they, like they, default to I'm a failure in a way, you know, that's what I feel at least. Maybe it's just my, my kids, but I mean, I, I see it with different kids, but it's like, we got to teach them that it's okay to fail, that it's okay to, um, to grow. Do you think people are, are born with this or is it like everything, all the mindsets are just, they come about from their parents and such? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's about how we're raised and it's our life experience. It's not how we're born. And let me, let me give you a really interesting study that's been done on this. So yeah. how are, how we complement our children shapes their mindsets. Right. So what research right. has found is that if we complement our children with labels, such as you are so smart, you are so pretty, you are so funny, things like that, that actually fuels a fixed mindset. But if you compliment our, your children in terms of praising effort, that will fuel a growth mindset. And let me give you an example of this really interesting study that was done where they had uh, children come into the lab and they gave them these different puzzles to do. Mm -hmm. and, and they started with some rather simple puzzles. And then they either complimented them with, you are so smart, or you worked really hard on that. Good job. So those were the, yeah. the, that was the manipulation. Then they had them engage in, uh, then they invited them to engage in either a more difficult challenge or the same challenge that they had been doing. And those who are complimented with the, the praise of you are so smart, they chose to stick with the easier challenge. 
And this is because they wanted to get that praise again. And they saw that it would be easy to get that praise by sticking with the easy challenge. Those that were complimented by the, on their efforts, they were more likely to choose the challenging, the more challenging puzzle or challenge. Because, right. because for them, they wanted to demonstrate that effort. And so how, what, again, those, those compliments shaped what they were focused on. Were they focused on looking good or were they focused on learning and growing? And that mindset non-consciously for these children affected how they thought, how they behave, and how successfully they navigated those situations. And that, by the way, one of the things that you told me about, by the way, I'm sorry if I'm, once in a while I'm looking at the screen because I'm with the live feed here and I'm kind of like. <laughs> um, yeah, no worries. And, and um, but this is something that you told me back in the first conversation we had. And since then, I've really tried to shift the way I, uh, you know, I tell my kids, I talk to my kids in terms of like their, because I always say to my, to my, to my daughter, oh, you're so beautiful. And, or you're so smart. You're so talented. Like, and to my, to my son, when he comes with the drawing, like, it's so easy to just go to the, like, oh, you're so talented, but you know what? That's not the thing that will actually help them grow. You know? It's yeah. Like, we mostly do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, my daughter played, uh, before, before this COVID-19 came down, she played softball, uh, at the starting at the beginning of the year. And they, we had this, uh, a woman who works for the Los Angeles Dodgers come speak to all the girls. And nice. she, it was, it was so cool to be in the room. She got them all of these, uh, probably a thousand girls yelling three things. I am strong, I am beautiful, and I could do anything I put my mind to. And, wow. and we've kind of stuck with that uh, with my kids and even with my son is when, when they're facing a challenge, uh, I, I have them say, you are strong, you are beautiful, and you could do anything that you put your mind to. And, and they res it helps them get out of that Love fixed it. mindset mentality and more into that growth mindset mentality. It's been really helpful and a bit really Love cool it. to see them latch onto it. I, so. By the way, so you say you're strong, you're beautiful, you can do anything you set your mind to, right? Um, it's funny because in Israel, I mean, in Israel, I mean, in Hebrew here in Israel, like we don't have the proper term for mind. Like we have something called mind, but we don't, we don't use it in our language usually. So I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking what, you know, what the term to say, you know, but anyways, it's, it's just, it's, I, I, I feel like that's exactly what I'm, I want to grow my kids that way. Um, in, in the book, you mentioned that you raised um, your uh, five-year-old, uh, back when she was five-year-old, uh, she went, uh, you went with her high ice skating. And, yeah. Right? And then um, you mentioned that she hung on to the, um, like hung on to the side of the, of the um, arena, right? Yep. Um, and while, while you're looking at other kids, just like skating, doing tricks and like, you know, and her like not really letting go, I can, I could really relate when you talked about that because my daughter had such a rough time learning how to ride her bike. Now she's seven years old and she literally still, I can't let her go from her bike without the, you know, wheels. So like uh -huh. right now I taught her so much in the previous year. Really, like it was crazy how much I taught her and how much our first conversation like helped me kind of like frame the way in which I teach her. Um, but um, but yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely look looking like now in Corona time, everybody went downstairs uh, like you know by the building like there's 
where the road is, it felt kind of like no, no cars. So everybody, all the kids are when they're on their bikes and such. And uh-huh. like, I'm seeing other small kids, like three, four year olds riding without any like help wheels. And my daughter is just like, you know, um, just not really riding her own bike, um, you know, like just freely. And um, I felt the same way. No, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought this up, and, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get back to these different uh, sets of mindsets. But let me walk you through, use this example as um, because it feeds in well with an exercise that I've been using with some of my clients that has been really transformational. Right. So, so I got, I'm going to give you kind of walk, use this example, and we're going to walk through four questions. And, and it's going to allow us to uncover the blocks and the foundational mindsets that are holding us back. And I think anybody could go through this exercise, whether you're a five-year-old or a seven-year-old, yeah. um, or if you're an entrepreneur that you're just feeling like I am busting my butt off and I just don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Right? So yeah. I, I felt that way myself. And, and so this exercise will help us un, uncover some of the blocks. So, the first question that I ask is, what is a goal that you have that would, that would improve your life and what you're doing? So in this case, let's take your daughter of learning how to ride a bike without training wheels, right? So that's the goal. And what this does is it personalizes it um, for, for the person going through the exercise. And that also serves as an anchor um, in which will allow us to drill down to our mindsets. So then the second question is, what are you doing or not doing that is preventing you from reaching your goal? So what would you say your daughter is doing or not doing that's preventing her from riding her bike without training wheels? I'm writing these down. <laughs> um, so what, what are, so first of all, like what's, what's one goal that you have that you think will improve your life, right? Um, yep. And you say, uh, from my perspective as a parent, you mean? And so, it's well, like, yeah. If you were to ask her, oh, what okay. are you doing or not doing that's preventing you from learning how to ride with training wheels? What do you think she would say? Well, what are you doing or not doing that will prevent you? Um, I'm, she, she would probably say, "I'm afraid to fall," right? Um, and she would say. And then she would make up all kinds of excuses. Like, you know, yeah. there's wind here and my wheels, I kind of crook it. <laughs> and, um, and then she like external sources kind of like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let me, let me just switch over to my daughter's ice skating example. Yeah. So if I, she wanted to learn how to ice skate, but then she was just hugging the wall yeah. and she wasn't taking risks. Yeah. So that was her doing and not doing. So she's hugging the wall and not venturing away from the wall and, and taking risks and trying to actually learn how to ice skate. And so that's, that's the second question is we identify our doings and our not doings. And what this does for us is one, as you related to, a lot of times when, we, when things aren't going the way that we want, we have a tendency to blame it on external factors. But what this question does is it helps us to understand that at a foundational level, it's us that's preventing us from where we want to go. And it's until we take ownership of that, that we won't be able to make the changes that we want to get towards our goal. Mm-hmm. So that's the second question. What are you do? What are your doings or not doings? Right. The third question then is, is somewhat what you jump to, which is great. So the third question is why are you doing or not doing those things? And you, the first thing that'll come to our mind is our fears, right? So, 
for my daughter with ice skating, her fear was of falling and of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And those are very, nat- you know, my guess is your daughter has very similar Probably. fears. Yeah. Right? These are very natural fears. Uh, they are very justifiable. But these fears um, drive commitments that are holding us back from reaching our goals. Mm-hmm. So my daughter's fear was not falling and, and not getting hurt. And so she had the commitment of safety. She mm-hmm. wanted to protect herself. And that commitment to protection was driving her to behave in ways that were counterproductive for her goals. So what, what is effectively going on at this level and what we start to uncover is she's got one foot on the gas, which is to learn how to ice skate, and she's got one foot on the brake, which is per- this commitment to ensure her safety. Yeah. Well, if you've got one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, are you gonna go anywhere? No, so we've yeah. got to figure out ways to take our foot off of that brake. Right. And what, one of the things that we need to do is we need to question some of the assumptions that we have that we're seeing is true. So, and my guess is your daughter has very similar assumptions as mine. One assumption is if she steps away from the wall, then she will fall. Yeah. Like she sees that as truth. Right. But it's not necessarily true because she could step away from the wall and not fall. And then the other assumption that she has is if she falls, it will hurt. (laughs) Again, she's seeing this as true and it may be true, but it also may not be true. She could fall and not hurt. Yeah. And so part of uh, uncovering these assumptions, we see some of the limitations that are holding us back. So that's, that's kind of a summary of that third yeah. step. Does that make sense? Nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, all right. So what's the fourth one? So then the fourth one is, is now we get to our mindset level is now we can ask ourselves what mindset is driving these fears, commitments, and assumptions. And in the case of my daughter, what my daughter has is a prevention mindset. A prevention mindset is when we're focused on not losing. And this is different than a promotion mindset, which is when we're focused on winning and gains. And so if we have this prevention mindset, our primary focus is on avoiding problems. We don't want to take any risks. We want to ensure our safety. And so when difficulties come, we have a tendency to run from those. Yep. But those with the promotion mindset, they recognize, and, and I'll just use this in the case of learning how to ice skate, because there was, like you, I saw that there's like four-year-olds that are flying around the ice. And I'm thinking, yeah. how do they, why, what, have, what has happened and what allows them to do this? And what happens is when we have that promotion mindset, we become purpose-focused. We yeah. care more about our goal than we do about the pain that may come from reaching the goal. So they learned that they realize, look, I may fall and it may hurt, but I am, wor- I am willing to risk that in order to get to my goal. And what we learn through life is that if we ever want to get to a goal, we're going to fall and it's going to hurt. And so yeah. we've got to be okay with that. And so that's like, for me, this has been one of the biggest shifts in my mindsets because I never wanted to be an entrepreneur because I saw it as being way too risky. I saw myself falling and that would hurt. Well, my purpose became stronger than my fears and I decided to start my own business. And, and what, 
And, and what it's allowed me to do is when I, when I now see the storms kind of in the horizon, no longer do I run from them. I say, how can I approach those storms and get through those in the most effective way? Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a life changer for me. I mean, yeah, I, that's what led me to write my book. That's what led me to start my blog. Ultimately, that's what allowed us to connect. Yeah. Like I would have never, we would have never had this conversation had I not shifted from this prevention mindset to a promotion mindset. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and think about like how much value now you with everything you know and, and learn are bringing to the world. And, you know, a lot of people right now that can bring so much value to the world are not just because, you know, they're still stuck in their old self. Um, well, they've, yeah, they've got these fears and assumptions yeah. that are just unfounded or yeah. they're placing too much weight on them and they don't maybe recognize that they have those. And right. so I think that this four question exercise in a very quick way helps us to see what our blocks are, what yeah. these kind of where our foot is on the brake and helps us to and empowers us with direction on how to take that foot off the brake. And if we could focus on identifying those specific mindsets and shifting our mindsets, yeah. then naturally that foot will come off the brake and we'll start to see um, our efforts actually lead to progress. Yeah. All right, cool. So I'm, I'm going back for a second because we stopped, like you talked about growth versus fixed and I'm, I'm sorry, but I took you off, like I took you off for like, you know, to up until now, but we haven't uh, talked about the, the three other ones. We mentioned now uh, promotion versus prevention, um, yep. you know, with the, with the kids. Um, let's talk about open versus closed and then outward versus inward. Yeah. So when we have a closed mindset, uh, our minds are closed to the ideas and suggestions of others. So when we're open, our mind is open to the ideas and suggestions of others. And an analogy that is really helpful for me is if we compare our mind to a bucket, how we can ask ourselves, how full is our bucket? Right? So those with a closed mindset, and I've been there, like we just tend to see that our bucket is full that we, we know all that we need to know about whatever topic it might be. Well, if our bucket is full, what happens if we pour something into that bucket? Well, it just goes off the uh-huh. side. We're unable to absorb it. Yeah. And so that's what happens when we have a closed mindset is we become focused on, on being right and being seen as right. And so we're not willing to take in the ideas and suggestions and perspectives of others. But... If we could just leave some room in our bucket for the idea that we could be wrong, then that allows us to have an open mindset because now when something gets poured into it, we're able to absorb it. So those with a closed mindset, just by default, is they're primarily focused on being right. Those that have an open mindset and just believe that they could be wrong, their their focus changes to finding truth and thinking optimally. Yeah. So those with the closed mindset, again, are avoiding the perspectives of others, where those with an open mindset are seeking the perspective of others. And so, so that's kind of the difference between the two. Awesome. All right. Outward versus inward. We'll go back to every one of those, but I'm just like recapping. Yep. You're good. Uh, when we have an inward mindset, so this is on the negative side of the continuum. And we've, with all of these, we fall somewhere along the negative and positive on yep. this continuum. And the, the negative mindset uh, of this last set is an inward mindset. So when we have an inward mindset, we see ourselves as more important than others. 
And when we see ourselves as more important than others, we have a tendency to see others as objects. On the other side, if we have an outward mindset, we see others as being just as important as ourselves. Their needs and their wants matter just as much as our own. Yeah. And when we see others as being as important as ourselves, we're able to see them and value them as people. So the big difference is those with the inward mindset see others have a tendency to see others as objects, whereas those with an outward mindset have a tendency to see others as people. Yeah, dude, and I gotta say, like the outward versus inward one is, I think, one of my biggest uh, mind fuzz. <laughs> uh, I, like it was the, really it was crazy because um, I'm such a people's person, and I am very much like everybody tells me, Sagi, you're approachable, you're relatable, you're uh, vulnerable. Like, but at the end of the day, sometimes because I have a large audience, like on my blogs, then I'm, I'm sometimes I'm like, I'm counting numbers and I, and so right now it turned out and, and the assessment that I'm more outward, but just a bit. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm like, I know, I know, because sometimes I see people as objects. I mean, they're analytics for me sometimes, you know, it's like you need, when yeah. you build, sell online courses and do stuff like that, and you're thinking about conversions, and you're like, and, and you see like, and, and you, you cannot see every individual, but when I sit down and write those sales emails, I'm like thinking, okay, you, Sagi, please talk to them like you normally talk to your friends, but it's, it's just that you go back and forth, and uh, I think I need to improve there as well. <laughs> you know, no, I'm there with you. So welcome to the club. I think that's, this is the one that I struggle with the most personally. And I, I'm, I deal, I'm dealing with the same thing right now. So for me, it's the end of my semester and I'm having to grade all sorts of exams and group projects. And it's, how do I do this in an efficient way without seeing, like still seeing them as a person and giving them valuable feedback, but also at the same time doing it in such a way that, uh, I mean, after you read 30 different exams, it's just, Oh my goodness. I, I don't want to right. read another one. Right. right. So, yeah. so, you know, I, it's understandable to get there. Um, but, but just what you're talking about is what's key is we've just got to become conscious of the fact that we can see people in these different ways. And yeah. once we kind of put these labels to it, am I seeing others as objects or as people? Yeah. Now we can introspect about it because now what, what this is doing is by putting labels to this, is it's giving us the capability to look at what we typically look through. Right. So I, I think nice. Nice. most of most of my growing up, I kind of grew up an only child, and I think many teenagers are are the same in that we develop an inward mindset. The world kind of revolves around us. And and that's kind of what I carried into my, my adult life. And then I read a book. Um, that focuses on these mindsets. It's called Leadership and Self-Deception. And I read it and it was such an eye-opener because it was the first time that I looked at what I typically looked through. Like I thought that how I saw the world was the best way to see the world. And by reading that book, I realized, oh my goodness, this is not the best way to see the world. There's better ways to see the world. And now I could do about it. And so to me, hopefully that's kind of the power that, that people get from taking my assessment and reading my book is it they're just, yeah, it allows them to step away from themselves and investigate their mindsets. It's basically transformational. It's, I think, 
uh, it's like I, I knew I, you know, I came into the first interview and you know, when I mentioned stuff like that, I mean, I, I was all about mindset already because as an entrepreneur and experiencing what I experienced and coming up, it's like I felt like mindset was key. Then in 2019, just before our interview, I think we were interview, I interviewed you in May or so, May, June. Um, I, in, in February, I had my biggest crash of like my business ever. And I experienced like um, a huge, like mindset was the only thing that got me out. And reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins before like an, in oh, March yeah. helped me with that. And you mentioned that in your book. And, um, and uh and so, so Ken Hermy was just got me out of that state. And it's, oh my God, it's all about the mindset and mental toughness. And I really got into mental toughness there and I understood so many things about why I was not mentally tough. And I all, the, all of a sudden saw examples for my own, um, just only like in the, you know, towards the end of 2019, I realized stuff that I was doing all my life that. I was not mentally tough as I thought. I thought I was. I'm not. And, you know, that's exactly what you say. Like, people think they, you know, that they think in the best way, but they don't. Like, none of us. And, um, and so, I, it's, that's, that's a great thing about it. Um, so, all right. So, now that we've gone over, over the, the four types, so I'm just going to recap. Growth versus fixed. Promotion versus prevention. Open versus closed. And outward versus inward. What I would like to ask is like kind of like a couple of questions on, um, on each one of those. First of all, um, so meditation. Um, I'm really like I've been practicing meditation for like 13 years, give and take, and, and um, really into Buddhism. Um, just got the chanting book right here. All uh, right. Uploaded, uploaded, um, uploaded to YouTube. I just, last week I uploaded how to meditate and how to get into mindfulness and YouTube, a complete guide. And um, uh, it's, for me, meditation and mindfulness obviously have been transformational as well. Um, And you mentioned a list of, like that was mind blowing, a list of meditation benefits in your book. Do you remember them by heart by any chance? So we can like, Um, or do you have them written down anywhere? Yeah, I got them written down. I can pull them up while we're talking. Okay. So, um, crazy. Yeah. So this is really interesting. Uh, I mean, if you would have asked me two years ago, if we would be, t- if I would be talking about meditation on a podcast, I would have said, you're out of your freaking mind. Um, <laughs> be, it, it just wasn't even on my radar. And I saw it as oh. this, this hippy dippy thing to do. And what I've, what I've learned, or I guess here's my perspective, and you could correct me, you probably know much more about this than I do, but uh, the, I, I see mindfulness as being a, a component of two things, of presence and awareness. Mm-hmm. So presence, our ability to be in the moment and aware is this capacity to look at what we typically look through. Yeah. And, and to me, meditation um, is, really helps us strengthen that presence aspect of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. The, um, the mindset stuff that I do, I think is really helpful at awareness component. Mm-hmm. But, but as a whole, what I've learned with meditation and, and about the research, which I'm pulling some of the stuff up right now, is the, um, there we go, is that, that the more meditation helps us kind of break the rust off of our mindsets and how rigid we hold to our mindset. So meditation right. is kind of what 
loosens things up a little bit. And, and then that helps us uh, shift, shift, helps us to be able to shift our mindsets in, more effectively and efficiently. Awesome. Um, just writing these. There's like, you have like so many quotes here. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you should be on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, not kidding. Uh, so, all right. Have you pulled them up? Yeah, so I got it. Okay. So, there's, there's three, science says that there's three primary benefits of meditation and, and of mindfulness as a whole. And, and then there's a whole host of secondary benefits. So, the three primary benefits are it helps us increase our in attentional stability. So our ability to sustain attention on a current target with less mind wandering. Second is attentional control, our ability to appropriately direct our attention uh, amid competing demands uh, towards something that's focused. And uh, attentional flexibility. So our ability to, to kind of flex to meet the demands of the situation. So those are the three primary benefits, attentional stability, control, and also flexibility. So that it almost yeah. seems like an oxymoron, but, yeah. but um, it, it's the case. And that's, that's one of the huge benefits. And then, yeah. I mean, the, the list for the secondary benefits are huge because as we improve those three primary benefits, let me just read off some of these, uh, is uh, it helps us to um, trying to look at, at the best ones here. It helps you, can, you can go over all if you want. It's like <laughs> shoot them like shoot them like a, a you know machine gun. Just okay, please do. So it reduces mind wandering. Mind wandering uh, helps with direction or directing attention amid competing demands. It reduces attentional resources to process distractions, so we become more efficient in our processing. It improves our ability to process and respond to novel information. It improves our creativity, divergent and convergent thinking and problem solving. Helps one not react strongly to negative stressors and better cope with stress. Helps one more positively uh, to, helps one respond more positively to constructive feedback. It shortens the time it takes for negative emotions to dissipate. It helps create a healthy psychological distance from one's work. Helps one process information and behave more rationally. Helps one carry more positive emotional tones. Help one develop effective relationships with others. Improves our communication quality. We increase our ability to be empathet empathetic, compassionate, and respectful. Helps us to effectively deal and resolve conflict more effectively. Helps us be more satisfied with our job, more authentic, opportunistic, more comfortable with change, more intentional about our work. We perform better at work and we engage in more ethical behaviors more pro-social behaviors and less deviant behavior. So, I mean, we can oh, keep yeah. going on, but no, the list amazing. is just 